Welcome to Catholic Family Stories. Hi, it's Emily with part two of the Brown Fairies of Widner Castle. Our family is so glad you could join us for the conclusion of our favorite childhood fairy tale. When we last left, an invading army of countless flying, slithering, snake-like dragons were descending upon Widmar in such a multitude that their bodies masked the sky blotting out any sunlight whatsoever. These horrible dragons were the result of the brown fairies inadvertently preferring the sloth of incubating dragon eggs over their vibrant fairy family life of caring for each other and creating music and dance. If you haven't listened to part one or forgotten much of it, you will want to listen to it before continuing with this episode. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> Thanks. Speaking of the sky, guess what's in it? The dragons. In this part of the story, Kaifer, the father of the brown fairies, stands his ground to defend his family from the overwhelming attack of the dragon army. Kaifer's wife Mar has been sobbing in anguish as most of their children lie trapped, asleep, and frozen in the dragon eggs. Christiana here. Hi, everyone. This second half of the story is about hope, grace, and redemption that God provides even in the face of overwhelming danger. More deeply though, it is about the hope, grace, and redemption that comes from penance. Penance is the act of joyfully bearing with the suffering or inconvenience without complaint, even if it is a small suffering like St. Teresa's little way to bring glory to God, healing for others, and purity to our souls. Peace and joy happen when we accept the hardships in obedience, uniting ourselves with Christ and his cross, and affirming the simple fact of his love by trusting in God's holy plan. St. Bonaventure tells us that we can do something that angels cannot. We are capable of penance. As you will find, the brown fairies themselves represent penance, and the sparrows are the Franciscan order of penance also known as the Secular Franciscan Order. Hey, do you guys hear that? What's that? It's the dragons! It's dragons! Everyone, get back in the castle! We have to take shelter! The dragons, they've started their attack! Kuiper gasped, but any further exclamation was interrupted by a new, spectacular development. One that confirmed the intruders as the demon menaces they appeared to be. Upon a single dragon bellow, hundreds of streams of fire, dark as pitch, burst from the mouths of the hovering serpent devils. The dragon fire was not of the colorful red-orange sort you would imagine from storybook romances. It was black as ebony. It was consuming. It scorched all it touched, leaving charred desolation and the stench of sulfur in its aftermath. With lightning speed, Moore gathered her young children, those not lying in dragon eggs, and hid them in a small hollow of the great walnut tree, Widner, for which Widmar was named. Kiefer stood his ground to defend his lifeless children from imminent peril 
He had only a tiny silver fairy anchor to use as both shield and sword. The object had saved him on many a journey through tempestuous seas and hurricane winds. But this was not the sea, and the threat was not of elemental nature. The nightmare blasts neared Kuiper. The sky was a murky black blue. All sunlight had been extinguished. Confident in bravery, but unsure in action, he instinctively thrust the anchor into the air, the point extending upward in a quixotic gesture as if commanding the enemy to retreat against the display of valor. They did not. It was then that Kuiper noticed Tiny Tawn running away from the protection of the Walnut Hollow, scurrying across the treetops with the agility of a squirrel, desperate to be with his father. Kuiper dashed to meet his son and caught him in the scoop of his anchor just before a dragon inferno would have obliterated him forever. Brave Tawn buried himself in his father's embrace and whispered excitedly into his ear. Great idea, Piper and Tawn smiled as they began their dance, quickly ascending into the sky. They nearly reached the ceiling of the dragon cloud when Kuiper opened his palms and the radiant golden beauty of Moore's love shone with the brilliance of magnesium ignited, illuminating the entire forestscape in a heavenly light. Hundreds of dagger-shaped dragon pupils collapsed into thin slits, revealing blood-red irises stark against their black, wincing grimaces. Kuiper and Taunt danced in jubilation as the dragons momentarily ceased their advance to recover from their blindness. Father and son began circling and flipping in a full reel. Cheers from Widner Castle rose in sublimated joy, but were instantly silenced when Kuiper and Tawn were hit by a direct dragon fire blast. Miraculously, the hit only deflected their buoyant hover, like a cannonball matched against a simple balloon. A balloon rebounds, recovering to its proper elevation. Kyver and Tawn, surprised by their survival, glanced down to see their unknown tether. A small silver cord extending downward to Kyver's shiny anchor, caught in the stem of a green walnut. Standing beside the nut was Wink. The wink appeared long enough to, well, wink. Tawn the Valiant, in childlike trust, seemed to understand something more in the affirmation. He instantly jumped into his father's hands to be bathed in the blinding silvery white light still radiating in the darkness. The broad beam seemed to paint his figure in glowing molten gold, Look at me. In a quick movement, the gilded tawn slid down the silver cord and slipped through the walnut husk as easily as an x-ray would pass through a wooden door. 
the sight of gold ignited a torrent of lust inside the dragons. The dark ceiling collapsed as the entire dragon army converged upon the small yellow-green walnut. Within moments, the sky was free from its artificial overcast, allowing the natural sun to once again fill the day. However, the attention of all was drawn to the hellish fire blast exploding from the mouths of countless dragons directed to this single point. The concentrated black heat vaporized the green rind, leaving only the scorched and blackened rough exterior of the hard nut. The dragons encircled the nut to look for any remnants of the gold figure. As they lowered their heads, Tawn, unharmed by the blast, <laughs> you stepped easily me. out of the nut to wave to the astonished faces of evil, danced a little jig, and with an impish wave and giggle, <laughs> slipped back into the wood of the nut. An avalanche of pixie siblings began streaming from Widner Castle, shouting, Me too! Me too! Me too, me too, me too in high-pitched sing-song voices. The young pixie soared into the sky, dancing and jumping into the bright, glorious light to be tanned into gold. They resolutely slipped into walnuts of their own. Within moments, they too were taunting the frustrated dragons with their own waving and laughter. The serpents broke into obsessive anarchy, each one trying to grab a fairy or break a walnut in a furious panic of unsatisfied greed. None could singe a single hair on a fairy's head. On the contrary, further blasts of heat only seemed to purify the gold figures, making them shinier, livelier, and more elusive. In the midst of the distraction, more silently motioned to Kiefer to concentrate the light upon their sleeping older children. Bathed in the dome of light, time and motion slowed about them, and a faint symphonic hymn resembling a forgotten Ave Maria melody seemed to emanate from the breeze, as if it were an indiscernible choral recording, now switched to a lower, more intelligible and gentle speed. One by one, each child awoke, clearly pained by the brightness of the light, and emerged from the grasp of the tarry eggs through further fits of struggle and agony. It took longer for some than others. The delayed ones tried to give up or squealed in bouts of tantrum that seemed to inflict greater pain upon themselves. When they would finally call upon their mother and allow her to come close, more cared for her children with unsurpassed joy. I love you, Mom. I love with you, unrelenting kisses, she lovingly tended to patches of frostbite that had burnt areas of their skin and pressed each child close to her heart for warmth. Eventually, all emerged from their traps 
and found restoration, bathed in the white golden light projecting from Kiefer's palms. Transmuted into gold, they too found a walnut and jumped into it with shared glee. By now, the dragons were furious with the failed outcome of their attack, and angry beyond measure in their inability to satisfy this newly discovered obsession with the beauty of gold. Kaifer and Moore flew speedily back to Widner Castle as a hurricane of black dragon fire decimated the entire forest, burning each walnut tree to the ground. Eventually, Widner Castle itself was reduced to smoldering ruins in the firestorm. Seemingly satisfied with the wrathful destruction, they eventually left the charred wasteland that was once Widmar. Not a few dragons tried to take some of the black carburized walnuts with them before departing. Try as they might, none were able to lift a single nut. The weight of the pure gold cores being too great and perhaps miraculously greater than naturally possible. They left Widmar to seek other gold, and in the age of man, were eventually hunted, driven out, or destroyed by good saints of the land, Patrick and George to name a few. In the aftermath of the great battle, when dawn shone again and not a trace of dragon breath stunk the air, a flock of sparrows came upon Widenmar like angels of hope. They instinctively knew what to do. Each grasped a blackened walnut and lifting them with unusual ease, flew off to distant lands across great oceans to plant them in fertile soils and nurse them into healthy saplings. Where climates were not too favorable for walnut growth, the nut transport still enabled a great migration of brown fairies to the moors of neighboring lands who happily lived there, inspiring the good legends, music, and dance of those parts in timid thanks for the great deeds of the saints and deliberate care against further designs of darkness. Here in America, these great walnut trees were allowed to grow and stretch their arms to heaven in gratitude to the Creator, just as its parent had done before it. Many of the older, now wiser brown fairies came to these lands, making their homes in the woods and habitats about these great trees never wanting to stray too far from the protection of a good nut. Such brown fairies, having learned the value of caring for young ones, have a particular fondness toward childcare, having sworn never to abandon a child for their own lays again, while taking great caution to remain hidden they love to watch good human children work and play with special attention to their music and dance. Their interests are mostly attached to such youth and when they are older, to their children. 
They grow terribly sad when they hear a child refer to music as practice or the performance of a household service, a chore. These are times they are prone to intervene with well-intentioned mischief. As such, brown fairies are particularly inclined to spoil chores. They do this so to strengthen children and parents against falling into the tarry grasp of sloth or the unwitting collaboration with the multiplication of evil they themselves had known all too well. Sometimes you may have wondered yourself why pets and livestock were discovered to be without food when you know you fed them just earlier. Perhaps you have questioned how the kitchen floor could be filled with so many crumbs when it was just swept. But an hour ago. Yes, brown fairies have an appetite. But they would never think of eating someone else's food if it weren't that they truly felt a part of the family and that it wouldn't somehow raise someone's character by necessitating the chore to be repeated or shared by another. Sad to say, they also have an affection for all animals and tend to include mice and cats in their designs. They constantly invite mice to evening teas, <laughs> leaving all sorts of late evening kitchen messes and are fond of running with them between the wall boards while you are attempting to sleep. They rationalize this activity in hopes of bolstering your bravery. When cats have nothing to drink, they often open restroom doors for them to allow the felines to take long drinks, leaving dirty paw prints in the bathroom for you to wipe up. Particularly silly and enterprising brown fairies who love the sight of a good footprint will even strap your muddy boots to these furry paws, making curious artworks upon entryway flooring. Missing tools, lost clothing, misplaced keys, utensils in the wrong drawers, tangles in your hair, yes! The brown fairies, keeping you from too much debilitating ease. <laughs> Daring fairies have even been known to dirty your teeth just between the time you've brushed them and you've shown your mother what a good job you've done. Now I'm not saying that such occurrences are always the work of the brown fairies. And never should we place blame. But if you happen to live near a great black walnut tree and be a relatively good child, you might know a bit of what I speak or have wondered at least a trifle about mysterious doings. If so, allow the fairy's lesson to guide you in not preferring idle and mindless activities over the vibrancy of life. If you find yourself trapped in malicious habit, rush to be painted and glorified in the light of grace 
and enter the wood of our faith, the cross, with frolic delight, having overcome death. If you find yourself glued to the tar of your sin, and you thrash against all, including God, in tantrum, let your first hearken be Ave Maria, and the shady cold burns on your heart will be soothed and healed. You will once again hear the whispers of good news and soar with your companions in dance and spirit. What of Kiefer and Moore? They certainly were not destroyed. The continued history of Widner Castle is a legend to be told at another time. I will just say that it is still the joy of Kiefer and Moore today to visit each of their children throughout the world to be sure they aren't getting into too much mischief themselves. Thank you for listening to the conclusion of The Brown Fairies of Windermere Castle by Joseph Scordato. We had so much fun making this podcast episode for you. We even composed several new musical pieces just this past month to accompany it for your enjoyment, including Ever Been Told and Ave Maria. We hope we have encouraged you to recognize the brown fairies in your daily sufferings so that they may be transformed into precious golden acts of penance, grace-filled acts of love which no evil can destroy. Let us pray. Dearest Father, our world can be so difficult, with suffering and chaos seemingly everywhere. Father, grant us the grace to unite our pains and hardships to the cross to find peace and joy transcendent with you in your Son. Impoverish our hearts from the cares of this world that we may radiate your salvation and become instruments in your healing work for our brothers and sisters. Protect us from the disease of caring only for ourselves. Sanctify us, Lord Jesus. Refine us in your mother's immaculate heart. You, who are love itself, draw us fully into our home, found in your own sacred heart. Lord God, you have made us fit for nothing but you, this great and wonderful fit. How we love and adore you in the fit of your heart aflame, a fire but not consumed, fragile and immortal, sinner now sanctified, refined gold. Amen. Our meditation music is Defend us in battle.
by Emerald Wind. From our family to yours, Thank you.